Hey guys, I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. And this is Into the Strange. Episode 10. Oh, we made it to double digits. Yay, yay, 10 yeah. weeks, guys. 10 whole weeks. That is two and a half months of hearing our crazy stories. Yes. Yeah. So just a heads up, if you hear some noises in the background today, we have a new special guest with us. Would you like to introduce her? We have a new addition to the strange family. <laughs> it's pretty fitting. We, well, let's just start from the very beginning here. So, <clears throat> not we, but Katie and our daughter, mostly Katie because our daughter is only two, <laughs> has been pestering me for a long time about getting a cat (laughs) and i have no issues with cats at all but we have two i would say rather large dogs and they're both like i've said before hellhounds they're like the size of like a black lab just to put this in perspective yes that was the cat there she goes uh yeah yeah we we got a cat Let's and not just, not just a cat, guys. She's a kitten. Yeah, she's she's maybe I would say like two, maybe three months old. She is a Siamese cat with baby blue. She has eyes. really bright baby blue eyes, and we decided to name her Pumpkin because we got her in spooky season, and it fits just us in general. I guess. <laughs> and our daughter loves pumpkins. Yes, so and it's, spooky it's stuff really also. Easy. And ever since we got her, which was yesterday, she cannot stop chowing down. She on has food. been chomping and chomping so, and chomping and chomping. Her belly is starting to look a little bit like a pumpkin. <laughs> yes, even though we have her on like a, we're tr- we're working on a schedule already with feeding her because I've like I've heard before, I've heard before. I don't know how true it is, but like. If you just give a cat, like a kitten food, they won't stop eating until you take it. So we're working on doing like a feeding schedule, but she is like. When she's hungry, she makes it known. Meowing in the face. And it's like every 10 minutes. So we're not feeding her every, every 10 minutes, but still it's been a. She meows about every 10 minutes. It's been very different in the strange household the last day and a half. It's been a lot of. Telling our dogs to get away from her. <laughs> well, today she's like going after them. She's like yeah, she's attacking the boss. their tails. She is and the boss already. She is making it known that she is small, but she is mighty. Yeah, she is the boss already. <laughs> so, episode nine last week about our monsters of YouTube. What did you What did you think about it? I liked it. I didn't like the fact that most of them were 
like children related. Yes. I didn't like that. But for the most part, I mean, it was pretty interesting because I, I know that like social media has a huge impact on our world, essentially. But it's kind of crazy to think that there are people out there who use social media in very, very wrong ways. Agreed. Why are you looking at her like that? I'm just watching her. It's still weird. I'm not used to have. I'm used to seeing two fat black lumps. Well, now walking we have around this the house. little petite baby. And now we have a little tiny. Fit in like the size of my hand. She weighs like two and a half pounds, three pounds maybe. She's so cute. So, I fell in love with her yeah. in her very first picture. <laughs> <laughs> but today. So today we're we are be talking about. We are we are sticking with the true crime aspect of the podcast world but we are talking about something we have yet to talk about yes today. We're, we have done 10 nine episodes well if we i mean 10, well, 10, today. 10 today but nine episodes and we have not brought up or talked about really a infamous serial killer so we decided, since we're on double-digit episodes now, that we're finally going to do one. And we And this is one that I <clears throat> actually don't really know much about, except for the name. Yeah, we've been talking all, essentially all week last week, after we recorded, about like who we should do. And we, we were came trying to... trying the- to steer away from somebody who hasn't like been talked about a lot yeah which is all of them really but we decided that we are going to talk about israel keys which i have heard his name but i am not familiar with his background nor his criminal history well uh i will be learning today along with probably many others well i know i'm not alone in my opinion on israel keys i i my opinion on him is he is the probably the scariest serial killer of all time. So like is he the person that like you definitely don't want to run into on the streets? Yeah. Because I mean just a brief synopsis of him before we get into you know the 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 ah, I'm like stuttering today before we get into the episode uh Israel Keys for one, doesn't not he does not look like a serial killer. So we got another Zac Efron type here. <laughs> he totally not calling him out, by the way. I love Zac Efron. I grew up watching High School Musical, so I mean, I'm not bashing him. He doesn't look like a serial killer. He doesn't really. He he's one of the ones that knows how to turn it off. If that makes sense, like he he you would not think he was a serial killer. So he but, can hide his crazy. Yes, but the scary thing about him is he does not have a type. He doesn't have like a like a victim profile, I guess. Like he he if he's in the mood if he was in the mood to murder somebody, whoever caught his murderous eye, that that would be the person. And he would he would plan it into such detail he like there's a couple that we're going to talk about in here where he planned their murder for like literally like two three years that is madness and he didn't live he didn't even live in the same state as them so are we gonna learn how he like kept 
I don't want to say contact because obviously he didn't talk to them, but how he managed to know where they were for this amount of time? Yes. Wow, crazy. Okay. Is there anything children related in this? I must know this before we continue. Our cat is trying to climb up our microphone stand rig. She's just full of energy. <laughs> she's she's only a few months old. So I just I can't. That, I'm sorry. I just can't stop. I can't stop looking at her. She's just she's that beautiful, guys. It's just that's just what she is. She's just that gorgeous. Uh, the children thing. Yeah. Are there any children murders? I don't think so. Okay, well that's a I'm, that's I'm a trying, nice there's, there, relief we, from last week. There's been a there's been a lot going on, so my research is very thorough, okay. and this episode is going to be quite a long one. So and we apologize now. Honestly, I don't remember every little thing I found. <laughs> All right. Well, first, <clears throat> well, hold on. We have to do a trigger warning here for this okay. entire episode. All right. So we are. Yeah, we're a little bit into it now. Um, so yeah, we're just gonna put out a big trigger warning. We don't go into like ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous graphic, graphic, graphic detail, but we do go into some. I'm not gonna give like a step by step on what he did and how he did it. There's a couple of them. Yes, there are. Where I have to do that? You're not reading all of it. Well, if it falls on my <clears throat> section, then I will be. But anyways. There's, yeah, trigger warning here. Uh, if you don't want to listen about Israel Keys, you can, I guess, end it now. We got a cat. See you next week. <laughs> that's just, that's, just that's about it, all that happens. Just mark it as played, and we'll see you guys next yeah, week. Yeah, we'll see you guys. Well, like, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, trigger warning. Big time. It's midnight again. We're back on our bullshit. No. Zach. Is back on his bullshit. This is not me. Yeah, it's both of us. I tried to come in here at like 1130. We didn't eat dinner until 1030. It's not my fault I was working. That's true. Yeah. But still. So do you want to start or do you want me to start this one? Yeah, no, I'll start. I'm getting pretty good at like starting first. So we're going to start off. What? Okay, so you want to get started? Yes. So our cat is getting ready to attack your microphone. She's like, what is this? Pumpkin, please don't chew the cord. Okay. Let's get started. Okay. Just ignore her. If she does any cuckoo stuff, she's obviously cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs today. So I'm going to go back and I'm actually going to talk a little bit about his childhood. And like, we're not trying to like defend him, but it's kind of nice to know where serial killers come from and like what makes them what they are we talk about their childhood up until they start their mur- <laughs> up until they start doing the horrendous things that they do because it's it's not nice i mean it's it is nice to know where they come from and what kind of like childhood they had it's just but- sometimes people think that like Serial killers come from bad homes, and that's why yeah. they turn into serial killers. But the reason but that's why not always the, case. the reason why we talk about the reason why we need to know this information is so it's like for studying of like why they ended up the way they are. That's how I look at it. Like I said, it's not like oh, this person came from a horrible home. That's why they killed people. That's not always the case. This could be like a person who came from 
royalty or riches and yet they're just so unhappy that they go to murder i mean it's you never know it's crazy so israel keys was born in richmond utah on january 7th 1978 to heidi keys and john jeffrey keys he was the second of 10 children born to a large family whose parents were mormon expats from Torrance, Florida, or California. My bad. Oh, yeah, Not see, Florida. I told you. Ooh! We're back on our bullshit. It I'm is sorry, past guys. midnight. Totally we're cussing this episode. We're doing it all. I don't really know about the cussing thing. I'm I've gonna, already gonna, cussed twice. I'm going to try to limit myself. Fuck it. If, if I've already done it, I apologize. But Fuck I'm really it. trying not to. This this episode has to get marked explicit anyway because we go into some yeah, detail. you're right. This okay. one is for the adults. This one is nasty i don't know i'm just i've had a I've, i don't know i've had caffeine today i've had a long week but you're about to be on vacation so it's cool yeah but still <clears throat> we're back on it midnight recording <laughs> things are gonna get weird midnight recording a new distraction in the room things it's, are gonna get weird today is gonna be a little off. i have that like late night energy boost right now so let's go all right so there Keys and his siblings were homeschooled and taught Mormon beliefs until 1983. After leaving the Mormon faith, Keys' father moved to the moved the family to a remote plot of land north of Colville, Washington, in Stevens County, when Israel was five years old. Isolated from society, the Keys family lived in a one-room cabin located at Rocky Creek Road, where they lived without electricity or running water. In Colville, the family attended services at a church called the Ark, which practiced white supremacist Christian identity ideology. That got me. Like all those words together, I'm that was a tongue twister. I'm Late shocked night I even recording. made it through that. Oh my goodness. So what ten children. Ten children. Two parents. In, in a, a one, one room, room cabin with no electricity or water. Yes. They're going way back. This is and like now they're they're horrifying. doing some white supremacist shit now. Is, I thought they were Mormons. Is that is that the KKK like the? Yes. She's playing with the light. Leave her alone. So Keys later described the Ark as an Amish-like church environment. During this period of attending the Ark, the Keys family befriended the neighboring family of Chevy. Keo may have said that wrong, who was later convicted for a 1996 triple murder. What a coinky dink. Mm -hmm. The family attended another church in Colville called the Christian Israel Covenant Church that taught British is Israelism as doctrine. The mis oh my god, I don't remember this word. That misengination was abominable. Abom ah, I can't. Okay, hold on. Abominable. Hold on here. I'm like. Boom, I covered you. Okay, thank you. You're and welcome. deviant. <laughs> that Anglo-Saxons were to rule over the perceived inferior races and that Keys later alleged to have been militia-like. For years, some of the Keys children have been forced to sleep in a tent due to their cabin's small size. To survive, the Keys' children were made to hunt their food, chop firewood, 
and work on local farms to support the family. As a hobby, he's hunted, quote, anything with a heartbeat, end quote, and freely admitted to skinning a deer alive to his peers at the church. I really don't like this guy. So I this think is we're one of the ones. Get into some really crazy stuff yes. later on. This oh is goodness. one of the, the the many serial killer cases where it, it's the nature versus nurture debate. Is that just when like serial killers like they start with animals? No, nature versus nurture is a study about cer- about serial killers. They're essentially because they're you know they're never going to figure out what makes those people the way they are. So I know the, that we have tried. Yeah, and we're still trying. The nature versus nurture debate is, is it the nature of the person? Like, are you born evil? And the nurture side is, are you taught evil? Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So, I feel like most serial killers, I, like I said, I'm not, I think I'm a not lot a of specialist, them, but I think know. a lot of them, it's more... Nurture. Nurture. Yes, I th- I agree. I, I don't think, really think a person no, can be there is born a few. evil. There can is a really? few. There is a few that are nature. But we're I talking don't... about Israel today. And I think Israel Keys is, I, I want to say, almost a mix of both. Well, I don't know. Based on what you just read, I think that's like 150% nurture right there. I, I mean, our opinions can differ. That's fine. I just think he's a mixture of both nature and nurture. I as guess a res- we'll find out as we go along. As a result, Keyes was ostracized and actively avoided by various youths who attended the Christian Israel Covenant Church, with one girl recounting that Keyes' presence, quote, made my skin crawl, end quote. And I just had to pause because I did not. I was very confused. Yeah, I know. I, I started reading in my head. I was like, wait, what? Are we missing something? Yeah, this is a quote from Israel Keyes, and I didn't put that he said this, but he said, quote, I've known since I was 14 that there were things that I thought were normal and okay that no one else seemed to think were normal and okay. So that's when I just started being a loner. Another quote from Israel that I did actually make, I did this right. You put in quotes? Yeah. He said, people found out some of the stuff I did, like my parents and parents of other kids who would hang out with me. And they would find out about some of the stuff I did. And that's when I just started doing stuff by myself exclusively. So essentially the same thing. He said that on his gradual social isolation and antisocial development. That's how he put that. Which, I mean, I could see that because he literally grew up in a cabin. Like away from society. Yes. With just his family. So obviously he's going to be a little off already because he's had no real interaction with anybody else. Yes, besides his family. Yes. So as a youth, Keyes admitted to shooting neighbors' houses with his BB gun, starting fires in the woods, and breaking into houses for fun. He also occasionally broke into houses with another youth who subsequently avoided him after witnessing Keyes shoot an animal. On one occasion, Keyes stole several guns from his neighbor's residence and was forced to apologize by his parents after their discovery of the cash. On occasion, Keyes, who stood six foot two by age 14, would also sell stolen guns to local adults. How the fuck is he already that tall at 14 Puberty years must old? have hit him early. He must have tall parents. I don't know. 
But around this time, Key's parents provided shelter to personal friends in the presence of their son and daughter and Key's sister. <sighs> Key's tied a cat to a tree with a parachute cord and shot it with a 22 revolver. The cat then began circling the tree before crashing into it and vomiting. Keyes allegedly chuckled before noting that the boy who later informed his father had vomited in response to the incident. I don't like that as I am holding our precious <sighs> pumpkin I in told my you, arms I, right now. I told you this 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 one is very dark. That is dark. making my skin crawl in ways that it yes. should not be right now. I love animals. So Keys had an empany, empin, epiphany. Epiphany. Thank you. I saved you, and you you saved me. Midnight recording sessions after a long week. Be prepared for some elevator news. No, we're not doing no elevator. After last no. week, those like crap time. We of pretty elevator. much lived in an elevator last week. Yeah, that was my fault though. Um, in which he felt that he was different from his peers who ran away from him. Upon his realization, he kept his increasingly antisocial behavior to himself, withdrawing socially due to being ostracized. In addition, Key's mother began to notice some troubling signs in Keys during this period when he began turning into various radio stations and different things. So, like, he started listening to, like, particular... Yeah, because remember, they're, they're the isolated. Radio. They're isolated. Remember. Yeah, but they ain't got no electricity. But he's tuning into different radio stations. How? You ain't got no electricity. Battery-powered radio. I guess. So, by his teenage years, Keyes had become a skilled and proficient carpenter, building his first wooden cabin for his family at the age of 16. He also began working for a Colville contractor from 1995 to 1997. Around this time, Keyes kept a journal from early childhood littered with Bible scriptures documenting daily sins for which he felt shame, such as lusting after his girlfriend. Soon thereafter, the family relocated to Smyrna. Did I say that right? I think so, yeah. Okay. Maine, where they collected sap for maple uh, syrup production in a mostly Amish community. Due to their mother's religious zealousness, zealousness, zealousness. Yes. Sorry, I should have just read that like jealousness, but then put a Z. I don't know what's wrong with me today. <laughs> the Keys children were forced to secretly flee their parents to watch movies with friends and were forbidden to learn musical instruments as they were against God. Sometime during this period, Keys renounced his former Christian faith. Hold well, on, hold on. What were you going to say? If musical instruments are against God then I think somebody needs to talk to Israel because what he's doing is like far beyond just being against Jesus. Yeah, but I mean, I mean his family point, didn't know he's, that. He's already murdered a precious kitten. Yeah, cat, but his whatever. family didn't know that. So No, they but think that boy did they who thought saw him do it. His, his parents thought that like pretty much anything... Anything like mainstream that was mainstreamly popular was evil. 
and like the devil and stuff like that. Like that, that's, I feel like that's type the type of music that Israel was listening to. And his family's just like, Oh, that's evil. Just evil music. <laughs> but it's literally about banning. Are we going to get the cross and the holy water? To get the, yeah, they're doing some exorcisms on Israel. And it is so not working. <laughs> but yeah, I just had to bring that up because I thought brought up his renouncement of his Christian faith. Yes. And now we're going to get into a little bit more detail about that. So, because young Israel is... Trigger, trigger warning. What'd you just say? I said trigger warning. But oh, tr- I, said, I thought you said check I up s- on it. I was going to no. say, what? What are we checking <laughs> up on? I said trigger warning, but I said it in my funny oh, voice. Oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't anything super, super I'm not bad. supposed to do my accent. He, you make fun of me for doing it. Israel is a six foot two teen by now and now he's getting a little bit older so he's growing up and he's probably staying well, last in... we knew he was 16 so yeah on one occasion keys declared his atheism to his parents both of whom he had previously made tireless and constant efforts to please after an intense argument this led to his parents to evict their eldest son from their residence, shunning him from apparent bla- for apparent blasphemy. They then instructed his younger siblings, who looked up to Keys, to never contact, never have contact with him again. Keys then developed an inordinate interest in Satanism, with plans of committing a ritualistic murder. Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. I'm going to ask something totally stupid right now. Is it about the second greatest hard rock song written of all time, To Hell with the Devil by Striper? It is not. It is actually, what the hell is blasphemy? Blasphemy, I feel like it's like a... I don't want to look up the actual definition because I really don't want to pause and put elevator music in this so you go ahead and google we'll do a live google search right now and i'm gonna talk about the i think that song came out in 1985 maybe to hell with the devil by striper oh it's the act or offense of speaking uh sacrilegiously about god or sacred things so it's profane talk profanity that is what that is yeah. So now we are going to skip ahead a little bit here to Israel's adulthood. So this is probably where we should put the trigger warning because this is probably when we're gonna. Hear yeah, I a would. Lot of I would say the the first things. the first trigger warning here was mainly for the animals. I didn't even mention that, but I mean a trigger I'm warning. Very sorry for a trigger warning is a trigger warning. To be honest, it, it it involves the whole spectrum of things. But this trigger warning now is just an in another in general trigger warning because things are getting ready to get pretty dark. Again, if you don't want to listen, we'll see you next week. We totally understand. We're not going to take offense. It's all good. As an adult now. At least they get to walk away. We don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as an adult, in the summer of 1997 or 1998, Keyes allegedly committed a sexual assault on a teenage girl who had been tubing with her friends down the Deschutes River in Maupin, Oregon. 
or Oregon. Some people pronounce it. I say Oregon. I say Oregon. That's just a Midwest thing. You know, us Indiana people. I'm sure that we're saying it wrong, but... (laughs) Although this was not his first sexual assault, Keyes admitted that he had stalked her from a tree line before, quote, very violently sexually assaulting the girl whom he had estimated to be between 14 and 18 years of age by knife point. Originally planning to murder her as part of a satanic ritual, Keyes let her go in in the river tube he had abducted her from. So there's that. In 1998, however, Israel joined the U.S. Army. (laughs) And the weird thing is, is he actually did very well in the U.S. military. Maybe it was the structure. Yes, that's what many people say. It was the structure. They like the, the, I'm going to tell you what to do and you're going to do it. Otherwise, there's going to be strict consequences. He was active from 1998 to 2001. His rank was a specialist, and he served in the 5th Infantry Regiment of the 25th Infantry Division. On July 9th, 1998, Keyes promptly relocated and soon enlisted in the United States military in the state of New Jersey, where he served as a specialist in Alpha Company 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry Regiment. There's so many titles in the military. I feel like we don't have those now, do we? Yeah, I think we do. Do we? Yeah, it's a lot. Well, maybe we just don't talk about them all that much. Yeah. He passed a rigorous month-long preliminary course for the United States Army Rangers training. He was stationed at Fort Lewis, Fort Hood, and spent much of his time abroad while stationed in Sinai, Egypt. Here... Keyes befriended several soldiers, informing one of them that he would, quote, like to kill him upon angering Keyes. Dude threatened to kill one of his fellow soldiers. Why would you say that? While at Fort Lewis, he served on a mortar team in the 1st Battalion, 5th Infantry, 25th Infantry Division. Former Army friends of Keyes have noted his quiet demeanor and habit of keeping to himself which would come from the isolation of with childhood. He was just an introvert, you know what I mean? On weekends, he was reported to drink heavily, consuming entire bottles of his favorite drink, Wild Turkey Bourbon. Keyes was also a fan of the hip-hop duo Insane Clown Posse and displayed posters of the musical act in the barracks. In February 2001, Keyes was arrested for driving under the influence in Thurston County, Pursuant to a plea agreement, he was fined $350. Keyes was awarded an Army Achievement Medal for his meritorious service as a gunner and assistant gunner from December 1998 to July 2001. Keyes was then honorably discharged and he relocated to Nia Bay, Bay, Washington. Why did they let that boy in the military? Uh, He didn't have a record. Yeah, but if they did like, he a, obviously I feel passed. like if they did like a psych evaluation to make sure he's well, like normal. Well, I told you he could turn it off. Yeah, but there's got to be something that's still left behind. He you could turn it just, off. You can't just be a murderer and think murderous thoughts and then just like a light switch turn that stuff off. So, do you want to read? Here's a little. It's a little kind of. What he did after the military, and then it goes into when he decided to snap 
and go on his his murderous stuff. Do you want to read the murder stuff or do you want to read the after the military? I'll read a little bit of both. Okay. Because right. I know some of this is not going to be great. All right. Well, we'll just do a trigger warning for myself. Yeah, <laughs> Trigger warning for Katie. For my sanity. So things I can are going to get pretty so dark. So I can sleep tonight. Things are going to get pretty dark. So Keys lived in the Micah, Maka Reservation Community of Nia Bay on the Olympic Peninsula. In 2007, Keyes started a construction business in Alaska called Keyes Construction while working as a handyman, contractor, and construction worker. He Look, actually was very successful with that, too. Well, I mean, I believe that, but it still doesn't... Oh, sorry, my eye itches. It still doesn't fit the fact that he's crazy and a killer. So trigger warning to Katie trigger warning once again to anyone listening. We're going to get into some murder here. Some very, very graphic, graphic depictions of violence. I'm like spacing out. So here we go. I got my pumpkin for support. Uh, Keys targeted random people all across the United States to avoid uh, avoid detection with months of planning before he committed a particular crime. He specifically went for campgrounds and isolated locations. He claimed to only use guns when he had to and preferred strangulation. This was due to the pleasure he derived from witnessing victims lose consciousness in the struggle. He claimed to not kill children or parents of children Primarily because of his daughter. This guy had a kid. Yeah, and from multiple reports, he... On the outside, like I said, he didn't look like this monster. Multiple reports was he was a very good father. I don't believe I'm not that. giving him any credit, but that's just what people said, is that he was well, a very good father. if he was, father, awesome. That he did everything for his daughter. Great. But I still don't approve of his murderous actions. No. So, uh, he didn't do this because of his daughter, whom he feared finding out about him and his crimes. However, police and FBI investigators were skeptical of this claim and suspected Keyes of killing several teens or children. He is believed to have committed his first murders as a teen between 1996 and 1997 in and around Colville. Julie Harris, a 12-year-old Special Olympics medalist in skiing, disappeared in 1996. Her remains were found a year later in a wooded area a few miles away. Cassie Emerson, another young girl from Colville area, was reported missing after her mother's remains were discovered in their burned-out trailer home in, in June 1997. Cassie's remains were found in 1998, about 13 miles from her home. So we've already got things before he even went to the military. Mm-hmm. That means he would have been like between the ages of like 16 and 18. Yes. I, I warned you about this guy. This is crazy. Oh, it gets crazier. We're not even halfway through this yet. There were no arrests in either case. Keyes did not admit to killing either girl, but did admit that his first act of arson was with a trailer. So, he, you know what I mean? He well, pretty he, much admitted it. he told it. on himself then just pretty by much. saying that. 
When questioned by police, Key's one-time fiancé asked if he was responsible for killing the two Colville girls. Keyes did not admit to any murders during his three years in the United States Army, but did admit to twice attempting rape on women. Once with a prostitute while on leave in Egypt, another time with a college student he met in Israel. He is believed to resumed his killing spree in 2001 following his discharge. Keyes admitted to investigators that he killed four people in Washington State and claims that he was the subject of an active investigation by the state police and federal, I almost read that, the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Come on, Zach. He did not have any felony criminal record in Washington, although he had been stopped on two occasions for minor driving-related offenses. Authorities were renewing unsolved murder and missing persons cases to determine which, if any, may be linked to Keyes. So, Keyes is a suspect in a series of 2017 crimes by the... Is 2007. That, 2007. I'm sorry. Did I say 17? Yes. Oh, wow. I just skipped ahead like a whole bunch. Is that Boca Killer? Baca Killer? Boca Killer. Near Boca Raton, Florida. Boca Raton. Boca Raton. <sighs> 12.30 a.m. recording sessions. Help me. <laughs> the first case uh, tentatively linked to Keys was the number or the... Yo. <laughs> Come on. I'm sorry. Was the murder <laughs> of Randy Gorenberg, who in March of 2007 was abducted from a shopping mall parking lot. Within an hour, her body, with two fatal bullet wounds, was dumped at a different location. The second crime was the kidnapping of an unidentified woman who claimed she and her toddler son were abducted from a shopping mall parking lot on August 7th of 2007. Get it together, Katie. Though the kidnapper wore a mask and sunglasses, the victim caught glimpses of his face and described him as a tall, athletically built man with long hair and generally matching Key's description. So he didn't do anything to the woman and her toddler? I don't think so. He just kidnapped them from a mall? Yeah, I don't know. Well, he must have let them go because they obviously went back. Right. So, this woman was released unharmed after her assailant forced her to withdraw cash from an automated teller machine. The third book of case was the murder of Nancy Boccio, Boccio, I don't know, 47 years old. and I'm going to say it's Boccio, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. And her seven-year-old daughter, Joey, who were found fatally shot in their vehicle in a mall parking lot on December 12, 2007. I'm having a little hard time trying to figure out why the hell these are all taking place at a mall. I, well, remember, he, he, it said he targeted isolated areas. A mall, I don't feel like is very isolated. Well, I mean, maybe it was just There's a so, lot of people in a mall. Maybe it just so happened to be... I don't know. Well, he is doing it at the parking lot, so maybe that's a little Like different. at the back of the parking lot? I don't Some know. type of situation? I don't know. So he confessed to at least one murder in New York State 
in late 2012, the authorities had not determined the identity, age, or sex of the victim or when and where the murder may have occurred, but regarded the confession as credible. Keyes had ties to New York. He owned 10 acres in a dilapidated cabin in the town of Constable. He also confessed to committing bank robberies in New York and Texas. The FBI later confirmed that Keyes robbed the community bank branch in Tupper Lake, New York in April of 2009. He also told authorities that he burglarized a Texas home and set it on fire. So you see what I'm saying about him going all over the place? Yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, he, he's moving. Yo, yeah, he, it's... He I, like never stays in the same yo, place oh, I know. for like a long time. We've listed New York, Oregon, Washington, now Texas. I mean, he's yeah, he everywhere. Is all, he traveled all over the country all he's, the time. And he's like so young too because he's got to be... In his what, like early 20s yeah. now maybe? Well, how he would do this is uh, a little bit of his planning is he would like pretty much like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to murder somebody in this state. And he would plan that for like two or three months or what, or I'm going to rob this bank in this state or whatever. Cause he knew he could get away with it. So he would fly to another airport, not like, let's say he's going to rob this bank in New York. He wouldn't fly to New York. He would fly to, I don't know, maybe like Boston. And then he would rent a car, drive from Boston to New York, do the job, and then like drive to a different state and get on a different plane and then fly back to Alaska or whatever. And that's how he never got caught. Like he would plan so detailed. he would get away with this because he doesn't look sketchy. He looks normal. Exactly, yeah. He so when he so would go detailed. to like get on an airplane, they're not going to be like, oh my God, this guy he looks He was really weird. so ridiculous. Let's watch him, make sure he doesn't do anything crazy because he just looks like a normal dude. That's crazy. Authorities claim Keyes may have murdered a woman believed to be Deborah Feldman in April 2009 in New Jersey and buried her near Tupper Lake, New York. He also admitted to murdering Bill and Lorraine Courier in Essex, Vermont. Things are going to get real dark right now because uh, this one has a little bit of detail to it. This is one of the main Israel Keys cases against him. This is one of the ones he actually talked about when he was interrogated. So this is why we know what happened here. Okay. Keys broke into the courier home on the night of July 8th, 2011. That's June. June 8th, 2011 and tied them up before driving them to an abandoned farmhouse where he shot Bill before sexually assaulting and strangling the rain, and their bodies have never been found. Two years prior, two years prior, Keyes hid a murder kit, which he called them, which he later used near the courier home. So these murder kits... Are these like those things that people used to bury when they go hiking? What are those things called? Geocaching. What? Geocaches. That's what you're talking about. No. Then what are you talking about? Lost in the Woods talks about them. Geocaching. No, that's not what they call them. They then would describe it to me, and I'll tell you if I'm if that's what it it's is. It's like a killer kit. No, those are murder kits. Well, I think they say something different, but okay. Kill kits. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that when the when Lost in the Woods podcast talks about how don't they talk about how um, 
Well, apparently there's still some yeah. that are out there. That and no Marie and Marie no wants to find Marie yeah. wants to find one. Yeah. yeah, that's Israel Keys. Oh, that's this guy. Yeah, he placed murder kits all over the country. He would he would get like the you know like the orange like Home Depot buckets mm-hmm. and fill them with this like you know, rope, a gun, knife, like whatever he felt like he needed to murder somebody. He would bury them all over the. They're buried all over the country. And they're not all found. No, he never gave the location of all of them. But he the the thing is is he knew every one of them. He knew where every single fucking one of them was. I can't even remember what I did last week. Yeah. And you wanted he you knew literally where, where all of these them kids are. I wouldn't even be able to tell and you. I you you I keep saying he knew he knew we're gonna get it's it's kind of a hint on something here. So okay. Uh, but yeah, he literally two years, and these this random couple literally did nothing. They never met him. Never came in contact with him. Honestly, they probably just like walked past Israel. And then he was like, yeah. I'm going to kill these people. I'm going to murder you. And then he planned it for two years. That's so again, like I said, if these people were to move away, because people do do that. Then he would just find somebody else. He wouldn't try to track them down? No, he would just move to the next person. What, whoever, race, religion, it, sexual orientation, That's anything. Crazy. Elderly, young, ch- um, he said he didn't murder children, but I doubt it. Children, teenager, boy, girl, anyone. I won't say he did it to children. We'll just we'll we'll start it at like teenagers. Anyone was a potential victim for him. After the murders, he moved most of the contents to a new hiding place in Parrishville, New York, where they remained until after his arrest. Key's last confirmed victim was 18-year-old Samantha Koenig at a or a coffee booth employee in Anchorage, Alaska. Now this one is the is the one that got him caught actually. This is the big one. This is the number this one. This is the one that everybody knows about. This is the one that everybody knows about and this is probably the darkest part of the entire episode. Okay, well, I can't say everyone because I don't know this. Well, this is definitely the the holy shit part of the episode. So do you want me to just tell you or do you Yeah, I'm not going to feel comfortable reading this. Okay. Keys kidnapped Koenig from her workplace on February 1st, 2012, took her debit card and other property, sexually assaulted her, and then killed her the following day. He left her body in a shed and went to New Orleans, where he departed on a pre-booked two-week cruise with his family in the Gulf of Mexico. When he returned to Alaska... He removed Koenig's body from the shed, applied makeup to the corpse's face, sewed her eyes open with fishing line, and snapped a picture of a four-day-old issue of the Anchorage Daily News alongside her body, posed to appear that she was still alive. After demanding $30,000 in ransom, Keyes dismembered Koenig's body and disposed of it in the... Matanuska Lake, north of Anchorage. Okay. Based on what I've heard in other podcasts, doesn't a body develop a smell of decomposition after... But he's in Anchorage, Alaska. But she's in a shed. And it's cold. 
she's still in a shed. It like froze her. That's... That I don't want to. I don't want to disrespect her at all. Oh God! No, and I left I some details out, but, that, but essentially, what he did is he knew that she would not decompose fast. That's why he wasn't worried. And he, I left that the is de- so gross. I left the detail out here that the whole thirty thousand dollars in ransom. He came back to Alaska and found out that people were looking for her. Obviously. Well, he obviously, obviously didn't her, get her, his ransom. Her family and stuff, right? So yeah. he actually, when he took that picture, he went to a public park that had you know those like bulletin boards for like lost pets and stuff, and he pinned that to he pinned that photo along with the ransom note to that board, and then took her phone and texted her. I think either her boyfriend or her dad. I don't remember which one. And just said, like, this park near this lost pet poster. He told them where to go? Yeah, to find that ransom note and that picture of her. And he ended it by saying, like, ain't she pretty? And, like, that's how... Like, the police are the ones that went and found it. So the the, the family didn't... I don't think yeah, they saw it. Yeah, but he used her cell phone. So how the hell would they find him? Exactly. Keys is a suspect in the murder of Jimmy Tidwell, an electrician who disappeared near, near Longview, Texas on February 15th, 2012, during a bank robbery in uh, Azel, Texas on February 16th, 2012, about 175 miles from Col- or from Colview. From Longview, the culprit believed to be Keys wore a white hard hat similar to Tidwell's. So it sounds like he killed him and took his stuff and wore it. I couldn't do that. An FBI report stated that I would hope not. <laughs> I couldn't do any of the stuff that these. An FBI do. report stated that Keys burglarized twenty to thirty homes across the U.S. and robbed several banks between two thousand one and two thousand twelve. He may be linked to as many as 11 deaths in the United States and potentially even more victims outside of the country because remember he was stationed abroad in the military. Keyes planned murders long ahead of time and took extraordinary action to avoid detection. Unlike most serial killers, he did not have a victim profile saying he chose a victim randomly. He usually killed far from home and never twice in the same area. On his murder trips, he kept his mobile phone turned off and paid for items with cash. He had no connection to any of his known victims. Now, here, here's where we get into a little bit of details about how crazy he would be, right? The courier murders, remember? We just got done talking about them. He flew to Chicago from Anchorage, rented a car, and then drove 1,000 miles to Vermont. He then used a kill kit that he had hidden two years earlier to perform the murders. So he flew that many miles and then drove a thousand miles to murder two random people that had never done anything wrong to him. That's that's Bill and the what's, what the, was, the the the, what the husband that? and wife. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Now, we're going to get into the investigation on him because the police were kind of a little... They didn't really know who he was yet, but they were kind of following... It was about the Samantha Koenig King, the Koenig case. Uh, the, like I said, that's the case that got him caught. 
I'm kind of curious as to find out how this is because he used her cell phone. Yeah, it's a, it's not a very dramatic ending here, but it it's kind of like a. Okay. And I mean, he can't be stupid enough to when he took that picture, he like touched it, you know, so they get fingerprints. Oh no, 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 no. He can't be that dumb. So after Koenig's murder, Keys demanded ransom money, and police were able to track withdrawals from the account as he moved throughout the southwestern U.S. So he kept trying to pull out that thirty thousand dollars. He would pull it out. They what from the, her debit card, yeah, right? From her debit card. The way that they had the way the FBI had it set up to kind of track who, because at that point they didn't know who did this, right? So the way they had this set up was they were going to pay only a certain amount of that thirty thousand dollars. They weren't going to give all of it, so he couldn't pull that money out all at once and then disappear. So he would only be able to pull like $500 out at a time. So whenever he put that card in the ATM, it would ping and the FBI could follow where that card's going. I mean, that's smart. Yeah, and Israel was not smart enough to catch on to that, which honestly is a little surprising. Yeah, considering how long he did this and did not get caught. So during that time, the police controversial controversially refused to release surveillance video of Koenig's abduction. There is surveillance video. I have seen it. It's I have not, not it's not like graphic, but it is scary. You don't actually see Israel, but you see her in the coffee shop. It's kind of like one of those walk-up coffee shops. Like there's no inside or there's like a drive-through window and then there's a walk-up window. He's at the walk-up window and you can see he she turns around to make him a cup of coffee and then turns back around and you can plainly tell that he like he has a gun pointed at her because she freezes. Like you can tell what's going on. So did she just walk with him? It doesn't show that. Oh. The video doesn't show all of it. It's essentially like you can tell that she's get, it looks like they're just getting robbed. And then I think she shuts the lights off because he tells her to shut the lights off. And he so cli- now you can't see. Now you can't see. And that's when he climbs through the window and he he ties her up and he pushes her out the drive through window, climbs out, and then that's the end of it. Wow. And they, I know they, wa- they went walking across the parking lot and everything else and yeah. How did nobody around see this? Nobody did. But I know she did try to escape from him. Like she, at some point down the road, she did, like she convinced him she had to go to the bathroom and he let her out and she tried to escape and he got her again and she didn't try to escape after that. So he must have done or said something that absolutely, essentially, it froze her in fear. He probably said he would go after her family. I mean, yeah. I mean, that usually works. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I just, I didn't want to put all of the details because certain i i feel like certain serial killers when you talk about their victims in like really really graphic details i feel like it's disrespectful towards the victims families so well, I, definitely I mean that's just my personal opinion and i am sorry if it does come across that way yeah that's just my pro- i mean not all of them but just i feel like certain victims of certain serial killers it's like their families they aren't they're not moving on but it they just they don't want to hear about it all the time some people have a hard time letting go yes especially in cases like this where there's a lot more questions than there is answers 
So do you want to get into how he was arrested now? Yeah. So Keyes was arrested by Texas Highway Patrol Corporal Brian Henry and Texas Ranger Stephen Rayburn in the parking lot of the Cotton Patch Cafe in Lufkin, Texas on the morning of March 13th, 2012. Investigators had had circulated a lookout bulletin for the suspect's car, which had been used at the ATMs to withdraw money from Koenig's account. Key's car matched this description. Key's was stopped after he drove slightly over the speed limit. Now, hold on. What? A little, a little detail about this. So he was driving a white Ford Focus. That was the vehicle. That was the all points bulletin, the APB, the Ask Pam Beasley, that was put out. <laughs> that was put out against Israel Keys. They did not know his name, but they saw on ATM security kiosks. ATMs have cameras. They saw a white Ford Focus every time he would go to withdraw money from samantha's account at the atm so they this this police officer saw that white ford focus and matching the description obviously to a t with alaskan plates i think right i don't remember i think it's alaskan yeah some yeah it's alaskan plates or something like that i don't know but it matched the description and the dispatcher essentially in like the 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 I want, sheriff maybe i don't know the whoever was his boss, it's getting fucking late, so I don't know. But whoever was his boss pretty much told him, like, follow the car, do not lose the car, and find any possible reason to pull him over. So he got pulled over going slightly over the speed limit, and guess how many miles an hour over the speed limit he got pulled over doing? Two. Holy shit, you were right. Literally Bye-bye. two miles an hour over the speed limit he got pulled over for that. Hey, he said anything. Yeah. That's anything. Okay, where was I? His vehicle. Yes. His vehicle was searched after officers spotted cash stained with bright ink indicating a dye pack from a bank robbery. Koenig's ATM card and cell phone were also discovered in Key's car. Keys was subsequently extradited to Alaska, where he confessed to the Koenig murder. He was represented by Alaska federal defender Rich Kurtner. Keyes was indicated in, yeah, in, in indicted, 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 indicted. Wow, Katie. 1 a.m. recording sessions. In the case and his trial was scheduled to begin in March of 2013. While incarcerated, Keyes spoke to investigators several times over a period of months. He cooperated to an extent, confessing to some of his crimes, and stated a wish to be executed within a year. Keyes said he wanted to avoid publicity due to the negative attention his young daughter might face, but largely stopped cooperating after his identity was discussed in the media. Well, they did not keep him out of the media they did for a while because he actually was he was talking like he was confessing did he think his daughter was never going to i don't know but actually the the police everything the police actually were not the ones that released it to the media the media honestly kind of screwed everybody over that was involved with this case so the media is the reason why he stopped talking essentially yeah 
Well, they see, got a hold of it and see, released the media it. Media messes everything talking. up. Because I know he wouldn't admit to anything at all when he first got was he, when he was first interrogated until he got a cup of coffee. It, it was a Americano coffee, which which you know what's really fucked about that. What he wanted, he wouldn't speak about anything, even the Samantha Koenig murder, right? Mm-hmm. Until he got a Americano and a cigar, and guess what he fucking ordered from the coffee shop? An Americano. Exactly. That ain't right. The same goddamn drink, and then he started talking. So on Wednesday, May twenty third, twenty twelve, Keys attempted to escape a routine hearing. He used wood shavings from a pencil to pick his cuffs. So did you try to escape? He did. He Ted Bundied that shit. Yeah, but Ted Bundy actually did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> He used wood shavings from a pencil to pick his cuffs. Police used a taser to subdue him. <sighs> well, be- here we go. Here we go. Now, here's where it, I kept saying he used to and he knew and he did this and he everything else. While being held in jail at the Anchorage Correctional Complex on suspicion of murder, he had not been charged with any murders yet. Even though he'd already admitted? He admitted it, but they had no evidence essentially against him quite yet. Can't they just use his confession? Not necessarily. Keyes managed to conceal a razor blade in his cell. He was not allowed razor blades, being under security restrictions of using an electric razor while under supervision. He died by suicide on December 2nd, 2012, via cutting his wrist and attempted strangulation. A suicide note found under his body consisted of a, quote, ode to murder but offered no clues about other possible victims. In 2020, the, pol- the, the FBI released the drawings of 11 skulls and one pentagram, which had been drawn in blood and found underneath Keyes' jail cell bed after his suicide. One of the drawings included the phrase, quote, We are one, written at the bottom. The FBI believes the number of skulls correlates with what with what are believed to be the total number of his victims. I believe that. So, so that, essentially that he admitted kind of to the fact that he killed 11 people. Yes. But they're still unable to determine who those 11 people are because he never confessed to all of them. Yes, but that is Israel Keys. I don't like him. I left a ton of detail out about him. All honestly, for I just don't want to talk about it on this show because I don't want this to be a you know I don't I want this to be a lighthearted you know entertaining show. I don't want it to be this gruesomely dark true crime show because there's. As great as those are and as fascinating as those are, there's a million and one of them out there. Uh, I don't. I just don't want to... I want to be able to sleep when we record these. I don't want to think about all this stuff too much. Um, but yeah, so do you want... We just talked about the man, right? Mm-hmm. Or the monster, should I say. Yeah. Do you want to Google a picture of him and tell me... What my opinion of him is? Yes. Of course, I love to. Well, actually, no, I don't. I don't love to. But oh, 
I guess it would have helped if I... There we go. Striper. To hell with the devil. That's him? That is Israel Keys. He don't look like a murderer at all. That is the man that did everything we just talked about and then some. He don't look like a murderer. I'm Not sorry. one bit. But all these pictures say that he is the most terrifying serial killer you'll never know. Be- the reason why is so he, he does not look like a well i explained yeah all. i explained the reason why but there is they've released so is that the girl yes there is so many um i wouldn't look any further because you might find the photo of that that with the newspaper that's a terrifying but, picture yeah but what i was saying is there's a lot of uh you can go ahead and i didn't use it as reference i mean a little bit but you can go ahead and like look if you really are interested in Israel Keys, if you haven't already, you can find some of his interrogation on YouTube. Uh, I've heard quite a bit of it, and he, it, I mean, he's talking about some of the, the stuff he did admit to. He's talking about it like it's literally nothing to him. Like he's joking about it, he's laughing about it. He's like sitting back in his chair, you know, crossing his legs, you know, stretching. Just like a casual conversation. Oh my god, he's like Jeffrey Dahmer. But he has more emotion than Jeffrey Dahmer. And that's what makes him so scary. But Jeffrey Dahmer acts like what he did is no big deal either. Yeah, but Jeffrey Dahmer was absolutely emotionless. But essentially, they're kind of the same because they don't think that what they did is bad. Like there's a photo of Israel sitting at the interrogation table with his Americano. And he's like holding it weird and like... You can tell he's like thoroughly enjoying doing what he's doing in that photo. Like he's drinking it, but you can just tell he's absolutely loving it. He loved the attention and loved being able to tell the police the things that he did. The things that he admitted to anyway. Well, he must not have loved it too much considering the fact that he committed suicide to get away from it. The world would have been way better off if he had never been born. That's the way I look at it. But somehow this monster came to life. Well, I'm glad that there has not been anybody who wants to copycat his crimes. I mean, that we know of. Let's not hope that anybody takes this information and uses it in a way we are not recommending. So that was episode 10. Pretty gruesome. Very dark. Not super lighthearted. But we did uh, get to... Listen to the second greatest hard rock song of all time, To Hell with the Devil by Striper. Uh, yeah. Good dreams. Positivity. <laughs> good, good dreams and positivity. Okay. But then, uh, shout out Lost in the Woods podcast because they've done Israel Keys too. I, you know, I've listened to them. You've listened to them. Obviously, shout out Maddie Marie. Love them too. And... Uh, shout out to, I just listened to the episode again about Israel Keys today while I was doing the stuff around the house, the Murder in America podcast. I listened to their episode about Israel Keys where they go into extreme detail about Israel and his life and his murder. So if you want to hear that type of show, go ahead and listen to the, that one. But definitely, keep in mind they're gonna go into a lot more detail. Way more than detail. What we just did. Yeah, go ahead and go listen and subscribe to Murder Murder in America and then Lost in the Woods and then the Almighty 
Time Suck Podcast. I'm mighty tired. So, I will see you guys next week. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Into the Strange Pod. Leave good comments. Leave good comments. Still haven't seen if we have any more ratings. I haven't even checked. Well, we if are almost. You haven't, uh, let's please get give us, us at least one more. Let's get us to. I'm tracking it now. Let's get us to 100 listens. Let's get us to 100 listens. We get to 100 listens. I don't know what we're gonna do yet, but we'll do something. Do it'll, you know, it'll be special. Do you know what we're doing next week at all? Once again. No, I'm sorry. I'm I am <laughs> That's I am not a so question. sorry. This week, like Zach mentioned in the beginning, has been mighty crazy. I mean That's not a question I can ask you at 1.15 in the morning. No. We did get a cat. We will see you guys next week. We don't know just yet what we're talking about, but we will all find out together. But thank you for listening and hanging out with us. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Can I just play a little snippet here of just to bring just to bleed over a little bit and just to keep keep it alive? I mean, I guess it's not like I haven't heard this song a million times. <laughs> so, this is Striper right now. Yeah. So essentially, that is what Israel started listening to.